What's up? So people forget that podcast. Episode two. Episode two. You know the drill at this point. Yeah, Kevin you know the drill. Here. We're not even going to do like a, a formal intro because, you know, we keep it cool like that. Yeah, we're building We're building up to that. You know, maybe <laughs> we'll throw some intro music in there. You never know what we might do. But for know. now, this is how we're starting. Got to keep you on your heels, so. Yeah, keep you on your toes, for sure. Yeah. All right, so we're just going to get into it. What do you want to start talking about? Yeah, so we, I mean, even as we were talking before, it's like the past two weeks, has anything super crazy happened in any of the sports? You know, NFL sort of winding down. Most of the teams are set. NBA, it's sort of the, coming up to like the middle of the season. Obviously, baseball is in free agency, but it's not nothing's really going too crazy. But at least I wanted to talk about the Yankees. Um, and we'll talk about the Yankees first, and then we'll move on to NBA topics, and then, then we'll wrap it up. But... So I think what was it when when we recorded it was only a few days after we recorded the first one that Cole, Cole? signed yeah. yeah so all right I I feel like I even when I used to talk with like um, our friends most of our friends are Yankees fans I always feel like I came off as like a sort of you know like the cliche greedy Yankees fan that like yeah, yeah. throws a temper tantrum if they don't win the World Series yeah. every year but so high expectations high expectations. Isn't that what you're supposed to have yeah. if you're a fan of the Yankees? But, all right, so they, obviously everyone knows at this point they signed Garrett Cole, arguably the best pitcher, if not the best pitcher, which is a great thing. Nobody's saying, well, they shouldn't have signed him. I was surprised that they signed So one of the things that was said was that the Angels were what? So it was the Angels, Dodgers, and Yankees who were, like, in the bid, bidding war, in the mix. Yeah. So I'm sort of – I don't know how bidding for free agents works. So I saw a tweet after he signed with the Yankees that said – the Angels were not willing to go over three hundred million, right? So why did the Yankees need to go to three twenty four? Wouldn't you, if you ran a team? I don't know how this works, but it's like it seems like if I really wanted a guy and I didn't want to overpay him, I would say to Scott Boris, who's Garrett Cole's agent, I will whatever another team bids will outdo that bid by like one million dollars per year, let's say. So if like the Angels are willing to go ten for three hundred, we'll go ten for. Uh, 310. Mm-hmm. I, they blew everyone else out of the water, basically, which is fine. Everyone's happy. Basically, my problem was the, rea- the reaction of Yankees fans was like, evil empire's back. We're favorites to win the World Series, no doubt about it. And I'm, I just, like, so Didi went to the Phillies, and like, I feel like nobody cared. Nobody really complained. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, we got Garrett Cole. Everyone's happy. This is awesome. And I, I don't know. I feel like I'm not as pumped as other Yankees fans are. I don't know. I mean, you. What are your thoughts? Do you I care that much? At, you, I, I know that they I got they got yeah. the best pitcher in the entire league. Um, I mean, I think finding elite pitching in this day and age is pretty much next to impossible. He's like possibly the biggest free agent pitcher that was ever. That's elite, yeah, ever to be on the market. I mean, like if you want, you know, the top top pitchers would be. You know, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Verlander, and Garrett Cole. Um, I mean, those are the guys that could go 200-plus innings and have 200 strikeouts easily. No question. Um, You know, they don't have to deal with, like, that. Like, you know, like how the Rays have to go through the bullpen. Like, they only have, like, Blake Snell that could really go. Deep in the game. Yeah, Yeah. and him and, like, Charlie Morton. But they'll have to – they, like, play, like, the bullpen game, but they don't have, like, that old-school – you know, guy who could go deep into the games, and this guy is like—I think he had 240 strikeouts last year. He—I mean, he's an incredible. incredible he's talent. really good. He's really good. And the thing about like I like 
the biggest free agents were well, him, Rondon, and Strasburg. Strasburg. Those are probably the biggest three, right? So I would not be crazy if we got Strasburg as a Yankee fan because Strasburg has a long injury history. He's pretty much, he, this was his bounce back year. So it, it's like reminds me of getting, of signing Ellsbury. Mm-hmm. After he had a his great year, season. yeah, his best best season. Um, like I mean, he doesn't he hasn't shown like the longevity of his his talent, and so I mean he was great in the playoffs and you know good for the Astros. Also, I mean not the Astros, the the Nationals, mm-hmm. but you know, and same with like Rendon. I think that Rendon is thirty years old, and I think that position players also don't age as well as pitchers. Right. Like Justin Verlander and Scherzer are both like 35, 36, and they're 37. They're still arguably the best, if not the, the best. Guys. Like the best. Like not just like, you know, they're like, you know, you know, pretty good. Like they are the best. And Cole is 29. So they what they signed him for 8 years. I think it was 9 for 324 and there was like a weird thing that so he has an opt out after I want to say here, I'll look it up now. Uh, Garrett Cole opt out. It was nine for three twenty four is what they signed him for. Mm-hmm. But there's like this weird thing that he can opt out after two or four or five years. Okay, so Cole's deal it's thirty six million a year, nine for three twenty four, and after the fifth season, so when he's like I guess thirty four at that point, he can opt out. But it's this weird thing that like the Yankees can stop him from opt. If he opts out, the Yankees could say fuck you, you're not opting out, and they add a year at the end of his deal. So it would be, then be a 10-year deal. It's something weird. Like, I've never heard of this before. So an interesting clause is included in the record $324 million contract. He has the option of opting out after five years, but the Yankees can prevent that by adding another season of 36 to the end of the deal. So it'll be 10 years for 360. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I don't know. It's, well, listen. Uh, I, I said that he had 220 strikeouts. He had 300. Okay. <laughs> close, close. Uh, he has a thirteen point eight K per nine, which is absolutely insane <laughs> with the two point five ERA and two hundred two hundred innings. I mean, he's he just turned like this is going to be like you know his eighth season, so it's not like you know this is like number eleventh. You know, he just got into the league when he was like twenty two, so I mean, he doesn't have that many miles. As many as we think. Yeah. Like you said, he doesn't have... I think Strasburg got Tommy John surgery <laughs> at some point. Cole, at least to my knowledge, he doesn't have any elbow issues or shoulder issues, which yeah. is what you worry about as a pitcher. Is there any part of you that looks at it and says, if you look at his years on the Pirates and compare them to his years on the Astros, huge difference. Yeah. Is there any part of you that's like, when he comes to the Yankees, he's going to move back towards the sort of Pirates, Garrett Cole? No, because pitchers, I think, get in, go into their prime at... 26, 27 years old. Usually, I mean, well, obviously you've seen it with Garrett Cole, but I say I think Blake Snell just turned uh, 25, 26, and he became pretty much like a Cy Young winner overnight. Like he had, he had the stuff. Yeah, he's 27 now. Mm-hmm. Last year when he turned 26, like in his prime, he won the Cy Young, and like he had the stuff, but he just couldn't put it together. Right. And then you know he he finally you know you know got a got a hold of his stuff and you know became like an elite pitcher. Um, a lot of these guys, I mean, that's like really when they hit their their stride at at that age. So I would say he's he's just entering. He's in his prime right now. I'm not yeah, gonna say he's entering it. For he's, sure, he's in his prime. And I think if the Yankees get 
five, six years minimum. I mean, or maximum. Let's say they get five, six years. Mm-hmm. No, let's say they get six years of a prime Garrett Cole. So like 29 deal, through 35. Yeah. That deal is it's well is worth phenomenal it. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Because you get the best, arguably the best pitcher in the entire league. Um, I mean, you don't have to trade him, but you don't have to lose any assets. Yeah, you just, you sign just him pay for money. some money, and the Yankees have all the money in the world. Right. So you have to you have to do that deal. So, I mean, the Yankees' biggest weakness for the last couple of years has been lacking a number one pitcher, number one starter. Severino has you know great great stuff, but he's a two. I think he's, he's just he's, a two. He's a great Sorry. great number two. Yeah. Tanaka, great number three. I mean, they were just like playing a little over their heads. Not playing over their heads, just like the expectations. Everyone wants. They want like Tanaka needed to be the ace, yeah. and Tanaka had to. Yeah, yeah even Tanaka had to be the ace sometimes, and he's obviously not an ace. Yeah. But in the in the playoffs, he was basically their ace. Yeah. And it's, but I mean, even you think you said um, so. Severino can be the two now, which he's probably like overqualified to be a two starter, which is great. And then Tanaka could be the three, but maybe Paxson is the three. And now all of a sudden, Tanaka's the four. four. You know, Jordan Montgomery or who or Domingo Herman, if who knows what happens with this oh, whole God. domestic violence situation. But the point is, they have. You look on paper, their pitching staff is great. And like you said, that for the past see few how, years... See how big of a difference just adding Garrett Cole is? Yeah. Last year, it's like their pitching is their biggest their weakness. weakness. Now it's like their biggest strength. Just like that, from one elite starter. That's all. That was, that was the missing piece. Yeah. That's no. the missing piece. Because they have the bullpen. They have the lineup. Obviously, they're uh, you know arguably the best offense in the entire league. They just needed that one ace that you could just throw in like at a Game 7 and just be like... You know, go do your thing and, you know, feel good about it. Seven innings, one run in the playoffs. We don't have to, you know, waste the bullpen every single game like they did last year in the playoffs. Okay, so you mentioned the lineup. This is So this is where – so where I started to get concerned about the Yankees is – so I read an article about Garrett Cole. Same as anyone else. You get super hyped. Your team makes a big signing. And it's sort of like when your favorite team, like, loses in the playoffs or something and you don't want to watch ESPN for a week. And it's like the opposite. When your team makes a big move or something like this, all you want to do is read every single article about it and just love what's going on. So I read an article, and it was about Garrett Cole. And I'm all psyched up. This is awesome. Yanks definitely got to be the odds-on favorite. They're going to win the World Series. Fuck the Astros. Because that's one of the benefits of this, right, is that not only did they sign Garrett Cole, but Garrett Cole was on their biggest rival. So they make the Astros worse while making themselves better. But, but... This article that I was reading, it linked to Fangraphs. So, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some huge uh, baseball expert, but Fangraphs and seems like, you know, one of the most uh, popular analytics baseball sites. So Yeah, it is. is. Right, it is. It's got to be. So, what a page that I'm looking at is um, they basically have projections for wins above replacement for next season, right? And... It's basically they divide it between hitters and pitchers, and they they whatever formulas they use, and they say this is what you know we're projecting Aaron Judge to be a five to six win player next season, whatever. So you would think after the Yankees make this signing, they were so close last year, lost in Game Six, and and just you know the Astros barely beat them, and like we said, the Astros got worse, the Yankees get better. This has um, the Astros at let's just round up just to be easier. Nobody likes listening to decimal points and yada yada yada. Astros are projected for 55 wins above replacement next year. 55 for the mm-hmm. Astros. Yankees are 51. And you're like, well, how is that possible? And it's, it's what you said, the lineup. The Astros lineup is projected for 34 wins above replacement. The Yankees are 27. The Yankees are projected to be four times, uh, not four times, four wins better. Because I don't think anyone would argue at this point that the Astros uh, starters are better than the Yankees, right? You know, their top two is Verlander, Grinky, and what, Lance McCuller is their third guy? 
we don't even know their fourth or fifth starter. I'm pretty sure they lost Wade Miley, who was oh, yeah. one of their starters. So my concern is with the lineup. And so this brings me back to like losing Didi. It's like the Astros lineup. I don't. I think the Astros lineup is just better than the Yankees lineup. I don't want to sound like a hater. I'm obviously a Yankees fan, but they're they're still stacked. I know everyone hates the Astros. They're cheating. We still have to wait to see what happens. Do, are there going to be suspensions? Are there going to be fines? Who knows? I for one would love if they got banned from the playoffs. You know, who knows if that's even possible to do? But Bregman, Correa, Springer, Altuve are all studs. Mm-hmm. Like no doubt about it, studs. And even you look at this guy, Jordan Alvarez. I don't know. Oh, my God. He's amazing. So He's great. He, he sucked in the postseason, but... He's he, a rookie. He was yeah, a rookie. expected. And he hit like 27 home runs in half a season. Yeah. So what if all of a sudden he's also a stud? I think he's a, he could be their best hitter next year. Right? And and so they they have, like I said, Bregman, Correa, Springer, Altuve, Alvarez. They still have uh, Michael Brantley, Gurriel. And then the Yankees, I just feel like there's a lot of question mark. We So the Yankees scored the most runs in baseball last year. So and they were so hurt. And exactly. They That's were the so point. hurt. They had the most record. They had the record for most, in not most players to make it to the DL, which yeah. maybe they set that record to. But like if, if somebody, if Gary went on the DL twice, they, this record counted yeah. that as two. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not like just how many players went to the DL, how many individual trips to the uh, DL did they have and yeah. they set the record and still had the best offense in baseball so you say oh well, next year they get healthy their offense is only get, going to get better so my only concern is the Yankees got really big seasons last year from Brett Gardner from Urshela from Talkman and I'm just like well, what if that LeMahieu had the best season of his career yeah what if are we confident that Talkman is that good are we confident that Urshela is that good are we confident that DJ LeMay is going to have his career year every single year for the next five seasons? Uh, are we confident that... Because I just feel like there's going to be a lot of days... So now their backup catcher is Kyle Higashoku or Higashaka. I don't know yeah, how yeah. to pronounce his last name. Yeah. They lost Romai. Not the end of the world, but I just feel like there's going to be a lot of days. So, for instance, they let Didi go to the Phillies. Nobody really seems to care that much. Everyone sort of accepts that... Well, you know, he got a one he got a one year deal for fourteen million dollars with the Phillies. It wasn't like I was expecting he was gonna sign for three years, forty five million, right? Mm-hmm. Yankees lose him for one year and fourteen million. Nobody really cares. Everyone's just like, Garrett Cole, oh my god, evil empire's back. But who now if um Glaber can play second base, right? So if, if DJ gets hurt, you say no big deal, Glaber plays second base. What if Glaber gets hurt? Then the backup shortstop is Tyler Wade and I think Tyro Estrada. You know? And what I thought last year was they signed DJ LeMahieu. I'm like, how the hell? They, they signed this guy as their free agent. How is this guy going to get on the field? And obviously that didn't end up to be a problem because everyone on the team got hurt. And he played every position. And he played, he's playing first base. He's playing third base, base. He's playing second base. But, and so you say, okay, well, if they re-sign Didi, what's he, like, where does he fit in? He's a backup shortstop. You're going to pay a guy $14 million to be the backup shortstop. But injuries happen. LeMahieu can play wherever on the field. It's just, I don't know. I feel weird about it is basically my only thing. I just feel like the lineup has a little bit of holes in it, and people are just assuming that it's going to be, even if they are a lot healthier, we have, what, are we just going to assume that uh, Urshel is like a 320 hitter? Like he's the best hitter in the baseball all of a sudden? And Anduar, is he going to, is Anduar going to match his rookie production when he hit like everything and swung at everything? I don't know. I just, I just feel a little weird, which seems weird to say. I just feel weird about their lineup. That's all. I mean, the bullpen is pretty stacked. Starters, pretty stacked. Lineup, I'm just like, I don't know. 
I don't, and not, not only that, that it wasn't like the Astros and Yankees were like head to head. It was their um, ALCS was super close. Mm-hmm. Everyone would admit that. Um, but during the regular season, the Astros were eight games better than the Yankees. It wasn't like you know they won 108 games. The Yankees won 100, which is an amazing season. But it wasn't like they were neck and neck. The Astros were clearly better than them. So I just think everyone is just sort of you know super excited, which is great. But I think everyone's penciling in the Yankees like you know they're the favorites to win the World Series and. There's no doubt about it. They're going to win two World Series in the next three years. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling I mean, as confident as everyone. That's else. that's aggressive, but I mean, they didn't have Judge for half the season, right? Stan for the whole season, the whole season, uh, Andor for the whole season, the whole season. Um, they just had guys just stepping up constantly, which you know, obviously, you know, lifted the ship. But Hicks, Hicks was hurt. I mean, but he's going to be hurt this whole year too. Yeah, he's back to being hurt for the whole season. And I like Hicks. I think he's a great player, but he's just super injury prone, which is unfortunate. I mean, listen, regression happens, and I think that's going to happen to the Astros. I don't know how, but yeah. it's just a thing. Well, just well, it's hoping <laughs> it's just, that it just has to happen. <laughs> Maybe now that they can't cheat as much. Yeah. I mean, it's something to joke about, obviously, but it seems pretty clear that they were cheating. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe if the ML, we still, like I said, we have to wait to see the suspensions, the fines, whatever. Maybe, the, like I said, the Bregmans, the Correas, the Altuves, the Springers, they, instead of being A-plus players, they're like A-minus players. So maybe yeah. that makes up the difference. Who knows? I mean, it had to have well, Tuve is a great player. They uh, are great They're players. all amazing players. Yeah. It's just a, a difference of, are they going to all be like MVP caliber, no doubt about it, all-stars, or are they just going to be really good? Well, like, it's the difference of making that, you know, that fly ball into a home run off of Chapman to win the game. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, that that's what like... I immediately thought to when the story leaked. I'm like, so he knew that the fucking slider was coming off Chapman. Is that why he just raked it over the wall? Yeah, so so that's my really only concern was that obviously we're all happy. Garrett Cole, it's awesome. They've been missing an ace. We've been dying for them to get an ace. They passed up on Corbin last year. They they didn't trade for Verlander when they could have. They didn't trade for Cole when they could have. You know, even going way back, they didn't get Scherzer when they could have. And so they finally got the no doubt about an ace. I'm just concerned about the lineup. That's my only problem. Okay. I, you know, so. It's fair enough. I mean. And, and so, I mean, before we move off from the Yankees, I know we've been talking about them for a little bit. Do you so D's gone? We accept that they brought back Garner. Great. Do you? The rumor is a trade for Hater. Oh yeah. But they have Batanzas. So like, what? How do you feel about he's them? He's a free Just, agent, though. He's a free agent. And it seems like they're not going to bring him back. Like, how do you feel about that? Would you? I get Hater's probably been a little bit better. Would you rather like a trade for Hater and you have to give up stuff or just sign Batanzas? What about sign and trade? Is that possible? What in baseball? Who would they sign? Sign Tansis. I mean, maybe. Who knows? I don't know the the rules. I don't know if I've ever seen a sign trade in baseball, honestly. But I, it seems like just what, from what it's an interesting idea. From what I've read, it seems like they're just going to let Tansis go. So I, I would just I would be pretty annoyed if they don't trade for Hater and they let Tansis go. Oh yeah, that'll be that'll be annoying, yeah, right? That'll be stupid, especially after getting cold. Because it's like, the time's, it's time it's to win time now. It's time to win now, is like, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. It's, why don't they go all in? It's like, it seemed, they sort of threw threw us a bone. They in like, a smart go- way, though. They have to go all in in a smart way. Not right. sign Jacoby Ellsbury for <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> Whatever they signed him for. you know, reliant right. on his speed and 20, 30 years old. And has had one really good yeah. season. <laughs> the, the year before. Just the year before. Just, uh, awful. But, but, Terrible trade. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was bad. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah, everyone knew it was bad. So, I mean, and also, I wanted them to trade for Kluber. Kluber went to the Rangers for crappy prospects. Like, why weren't the Yankees all over that? 
Here's my concern is that they trade for um, Kluber wasn't that good last year. He, he, he no, he was terrible last year. But he he, he had like his potential. I'd, I'd take the risk on him. I'd, I'd rather have him too. over Hap. Right. Um, he makes the same money as Hap. Yeah. This year, I think Kluber is like 17 around that for the next few seasons. So is Hap. Um, and yeah, Kluber had a bad start to last season. He only made like six or seven starts before he like broke his forearm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. And like the six seasons before that, he was the best. One of the best pitchers in baseball. So I would, and the prospects that the Rangers gave up were apparently not even like some of their best prospects. So when I saw that, I'm like, exactly what you said. Isn't it time to go all in? Is it that would have been a power move? Come on, if they traded for Kluber and who would they had to have given up like uh, Jonathan Holder and uh, Clint Frazier? Lasagna or Johnny Lasagna <laughs> and Clint Frazier? Who gives up? You know, because I looked it up and I don't, I don't, I'm not going to pretend that I know who the prospects are on the Rangers. Like I see the trade and I'm like, oh man, they gave up so and so. Apparently, it was like, you know, the outfielder that the Rangers traded to the Indians. They had designated him for assignment twice, and their relief pitcher, I think Fangraphs over the summer, um, this, he was like the big. Uh, focus of the trade like oh they traded this relief pitcher from the rangers to the indians he, he throws in like the high 90s and he was ranked as like their 19th best prospect it was basically a salary dump trade from the indians to the rangers i'm like why weren't the yankees all over that and i think it's luxury tax concerns so here here's my uh concern for the offseason for the yankees they sign call great they re-sign uh gardner great they don't trade for kluber they don't trade for Hader. They let Didi go and they let Patances go. I think that's a and they trade Hap as a salary dump. I think that's a pretty legitimate possibility of how it's going to play out. And then it's like, are, are we all thrilled about that? They they let Patances walk. They let Didi walk. They didn't trade for Kluber when they had the chance to. And they don't get Hader. You're saying they and they don't trade for Hader. And they people are just when if Hap gets traded, everyone every Yankee fan is going to throw a party, right? J Hap. He sucked last year. His ERA was in the high fours. But I don't really care about, you know, Hal Steinbrenner and the Yankees saving money. So it's like, I understand that he makes $17 million this year, but injuries happen. What if uh, Jordan Montgomery gets hurt? What if Domingo Herman is suspended for 80 games? If, if the only thing that they're going to trade a hat for is some sort of like salary dump where they get some no-name prospects back, I would just rather keep him. It, I mean, it could be that last year was just the end of his career and he's just going to basically be that pitcher for the rest of his... Because he is getting older. I mean, he's like in his mid to late 30s. Mm-hmm. But I think he's 37. He's old. He's old. He's old as shit. He's old. I'm just saying, <laughs> if they're going to trade him as a salary dump, I'm, I'm, I don't... I would just rather keep him at that point. And everyone's going to celebrate all the Yankees fans because they're like, Cap sucks, get him off the team. But like, why do the Yankees need to be making salary dump trades? They are worth like $4 billion and make $800 million in revenue. And they're like, oh, we can't afford a J.A. Hap because he makes $17 million. I don't know. Maybe it, it could all prove to be, uh, you know, pointless complaining. Yankees win 105 games. They win the World Series. Everybody's happy. I just think... The perception of Yankee fans right now is not totally aligned with what the team actually is. And we'll see. If they trade for Hayter, I'm going to be pretty pumped about that. Um, I know they mentioned like Kyle Schwarber from the Cubs Yeah, as a possibility. I don't know why, though. Kind of weird we trade, have right? Boyd, Ford, and, um, and he, Talkman. Yeah, he, play so first, like a, Schwarber is like, what, a lefty and a first ba- yeah. uh, left fielder and a first baseman? He's a lefty bat, but exactly. You know, they have Ford and Voigt and Talkman in left and Frazier in left. And he's like a power hitting lefty. I mean, I guess I'm not gonna like if they don't give up too much to get him. I'm not gonna like complain about it, but it would sort of be. I'd almost rather Hater in a trade than Schwarber. Oh yeah, no question. He, 
you know, haters will make a much, much bigger impact. Um, yeah, I mean, there aren't many free agents left. left. That's no. pretty much it. So the most, I think they just have to make, uh, make some trades. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, what's his face? Starling Castro is a free agent still, so... Remember him? Yeah. Good. I was a fan. I was always a fan of him. He was like the crappiest possible version of Robinson Cano. Yeah. Like, I just always would be like, oh, you know, second base, he's... Uh... It's perfect for that Yankee era. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he defined that Yankee era of just like, 82 wins. Wow. Starling Castro. Nice guy. Great. Is he winning you anything? No. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could move on from baseball. Like, no, one more point is like... I would say the top three teams in, in baseball are clearly, it's been the Astros, Yankees, and Dodgers, right? So, you know, we talked about the Astros. Maybe are they still a little bit better than the Yankees? Who knows? People could disagree about that. It's fine. But what if the Dodgers, they've been rumored to trade for Lindor. What if they trade for Lindor? That would be a power move. And yeah. they, they they also won. Here, I want to check how many wins they had. I know well, everyone just yeah. thinks about the Dodgers. If they're like, they're the team. They're just going to choke it away in the playoffs. But... Eventually they're gonna win. Eventually, exactly. <laughs> they the keep doing what they're phone. doing. If they're gonna keep, if they're gonna be elite for this long, I mean, they just brought up Will Smith last year for the last quarter of the season, the catcher, and he's great. Um, I mean, they're just they've been elite for the last couple of years, and eventually they're gonna break through. Yeah, I mean, uh, they won. A, they're another team. They won 106 games last year. Like they were six games. I know we all say you know if. Like we said, they choke in the playoffs, whatever. But they were clearly better than the Yankees last year. Their run differential was way better than the Yankees. Yeah. I think everyone just assumes it's the Yankees, Dodgers, and Astros. They were on level playing field last year. They weren't. I mean, the Yankees were clearly the third best team, in my opinion. doesn't mean they couldn't have won the World Series, but that's how I feel. And then if they trade for Lindor, I would put them above the Yankees too. I don't know. It just it sounds like greedy Yankee fan complaining, but I just think the Yankees are not the lock that people are making them out to be, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. I think we covered most of that, right? Yeah. I don't know what else Yankee topic that there is to really to discuss. It's just a matter of wait and see how the rest of the offseason plays out. Yeah. All right. What's next on the itinerary here? I know we mentioned the NBA sort of schedule changes that they've been talking about. The tournament? Yeah. I think it's um so what was it? Seventy eight games. Yep. Let's see, where is this? A playing uh not a playing tournament, but playing games for the playoffs. So it's seventy eight games. Every player well the team will receive fifteen million dollars or for one million per player prize. Mm-hmm. Um for the mid season tournament. For the mid season tournament. So basically it's like it's uh you know, a tournament for the seven to ten seeds, mm-hmm. and let's see. Like you said, what was it? So the seventh and eighth seed would play each other. Yep. The ninth and tenth seed would play each other. Yep. The loser of the seventh and eighth seed would then play the winner of the ninth and tenth seed mm-hmm. for uh, the eighth seed. For the eighth seed, and obviously the winner of the seventh to eight would get the seventh seed. So I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think that it will drive... Obviously, the goal is to drive viewership. Right. Which I don't think is going to happen um, that much because the... Unless, like, you have, like, some star, superstar players, like... You know, the, 
the what drives viewership are superstars. Mm-hmm. You know, Harden, Kawhi, LeBron, Curry. Giannis. Those guys are not playing this tournament. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. So, like, um, for instance, we talked about before the teams that were playing it this year. Yeah. Like, if we ended it right now. Especially in the East. In the East. So, in the East, the the Nets would play the Magic. So, the Nets are the seventh seed. The Magic are the eighth seed right now. Let's say the season ends today. Yeah. Nets play the Magic for the seventh seed. Me and you are going to watch that game. Yeah. Because we're big NBA fans. Is the casual NBA fan really going to care about the Nets without KD yeah. playing the Magic for the seventh seed? And if they – well, right. I mean, they have they have like Kyrie fans. Obviously, I'm a Nets fan, so I'm going to be a little bit more bullish. But yeah, you know, obviously, I mean, I don't even know the Magic. Does anyone watch the Magic? I don't even think. Do people you, in Orlando yeah, even watch I the Magic? Yeah, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Like, and then so the then the Hornets, who are the ninth seed, yeah. would play the Bulls. And so let's say the Bulls win I that would, game. I would. I would. I would, I would, I would I, we don't even know that. if we would watch that exactly. And, then, and we're not casual NBA fans. Yeah. We're super into the NBA. So I have a hard time believing the casual. If we're not even interested yeah. in the ninth and tenth seeds playing each other, who is going to be interested in that? Yeah. And and so let's say the Bulls win. Then the Magic and the Bulls will play for the A seed. Yeah. Whoop de do. Yeah. It's like and so the big problem is. They're playing for basically the privilege of being smoked by the Bucks in the first round. Or now Nets Celtics, I think, would be a legitimate series, yeah, especially with Kyrie. Especially with Kyrie back, that would be nice. I hope it stays like That'd that. Be Two awesome. seven, woof, that would oh, be good. Man. But so I think the theory behind it, so if we think so, this is basically um, Adam Silver and the NBA is like proposing this to the Players Association and saying it wouldn't be for next year; it would be for the year after next year. And I. From their, from the NBA's perspective, I guess what they're saying is, we want to make the regular season matter more, right? They're saying that getting the top six seeds are now super important because if you get the six seed, you're locked in, you're in the playoffs. If you get the seven seed, you could possibly be eliminated from the playoffs by losing two games in a row. So I get from that perspective, in terms of maybe teams will like prioritize the regular season a little bit more, but Teams are trying to get one of the top seeds anyway. Really, the only time that teams really don't care about the regular season is like the last few games of the season where they're, they're set in stone. Like, we're going to be the third seed. There's only two games left. Let's rest, guys. I, I, I guess I don't mind this idea. I just don't really see it as a big deal either way. Mm-hmm. Are these games going to get monster ratings? Does it really change all that much? Would they be pretty cool, a single elimination game in the NBA? That's pretty fun. But like you said... If we're not super interested in these games, and as a casual fan, going to be super interested in these games, probably not. Um, so, I mean, they, they had other proposals. That was one proposal. So, well, the big overarching theme is, like, we want the players to play less games, you know, so they don't get hurt as much. That's why they say we bring it to 78 games. That's not going to make a difference. I, exactly. Hard time believing 78 and 82 makes a huge difference. But And even then, it's like, wouldn't... They, the don't Nets they play in extra games. Don't they, yeah, I think what they said is there's a possibility that under this uh, scenario, a team would end up playing like 83 games. Mm-hmm. I guess if they played the midseason tournament and made it super far, but also ended up with the seventh seed and then like lost their first game and then played the second game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. There's a possibility they play more games. Well, the midseason tournament is a lot more interesting to me than you know playing. Who cares? I think we're on in agreement. We can if they do it, great. It could be interesting. If they don't do it, who really cares? It's not a big deal, either, one way or the other. The midseason tournament, I think, could be pretty interesting. Um, so what they're proposing, I'll just read this article, basically. We covered the play-in tournament. We covered the fact that the schedule would change to 78 games. The in-season tournament would basically be 
So eight divisional games in the group stage of the event, which right off the bat, I'm already sort of confused. I think what it would be is the schedule stays the same, but let's think of teams that are... So the Nets and the Raptors are in the same quote-unquote division, right? The Atlantic division? I know nobody cares about NBA divisions, but okay. I, I just wasn't sure. I think what this would say is like there's a, say there's a random Tuesday night game between the Nets and the Raptors, where ordinarily it would just be a regular game. Under this scenario, those games would count as like the group stage of the midseason tournament. You know what I'm saying? So it would be like this game is now being counted as part of the tournament, it, and then that would be the group stage. Apparently, they, they play. What does it say here? The group stage games are four home and four away. And they would count toward the team's regular season total. So they're basically regular season games that would happen anyway that now have sort of added, added significance. There are six divisions in the NBA. So the six teams that come out on top of these division group games and then two wild cards would qual- qualify for the quarterfinals. My thing is, I don't know how they're defining the two wild cards. I guess they would be, who knows? What, I guess teams that come in second place that have the highest point differential or something. Mm-hmm. Who knows how they define it? And they say uh, the quarterfinals would be played. Obviously, t- eight teams left at that point. And I think they would be like home. Like, let's say the Lakers win their division. They would get like a home quarterfinal game. And then the semifinals and the finals would be played on a neutral site. They're saying here it would be like Las Vegas. And you're saying like, why would any of the players care about this? It's just a random made-up midseason tournament. It's just another way that the NBA is trying to get people interested in the regular season. And so what at least this article says that the NBA is proposing is the teams would split $15 million and the winning coaching staff would get one point five. Do you think that that is, do you think $15 million is enough to get NBA players to really like care about this tournament? Or well, it's the, not $15 million for each player. It's $1 million for each player. Right, because they have to split it yeah. over the course of the whole team. So basically, um, you know, if um. You know, you know, Avery Bradley making three million dollars. Mm-hmm. I'd make you know, have it's like a twenty five percent bonus. Right. For my salary, that's obviously a big difference. But mm-hmm. if I'm the leader of the team, um, whose demeanor affects everybody else in the entire room, yeah, like LeBron James, I don't care about this tournament. Yeah, you know, but so I'm making you know, forty times that. Right. It's nothing. It's, Not, it's, and that's just for the NBA. Like not even counting yeah, endorsements. Yeah, it's like right. yeah, so. so just to play devil's advocate, what if these games still count as regular season games? So it's not like they wouldn't... They still want to win these games. I just think so. I, I like the idea of having some sort of mid-season tournament that counts for something. I think the cooler idea was what we had talked about before is uh, Bill Simmons' idea for the mid-season tournament would mm-hmm. be instead of... And maybe you could keep the the financial prizes. Who cares? Fine. Yeah. The winners get fifteen million dollars. Great. But and that's not that much money. So definitely keep it. Yeah. Just throw it. Go ahead. Take it. Who cares? Some sponsor will chip in that money for the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think the way cooler idea is what Bill came up with, which is basically the tournament is worth a certain amount of win. And this gets a little convoluted and it's a little bit hard to understand. But I still think it is a really cool idea. Each win in the tournament counts as like a point on the end of your regular season. So we're changing the season from 82 games to 72 games. And theoretically, you win the quarterfinals, that's two points. Let's say you win the semifinals, that's another two points. You win the finals, that's three points. Now you get seven points. Mm -hmm. You finish the season 50 and 22. That's your record. 
But since you won the midseason tournament, you got 50 wins during the season, but that tournament gave you seven points. So your final point total for the season, and that's how they define um, the standings, is 57. Point being, I think it's cooler to factor the midseason tournament. It's just a cash grab at this point, right? What they're proposing is just like, we're going to have this tournament. It's basically going to be regular games that you'd be playing anyway, but the reason why we think you should care is maybe we're going to give you a trophy and you'll get some money. Yeah. I think if you really want to get teams to care, you're going to say, oh no, this mid-season tournament is going to affect your regular season record. It's going to affect seeding at the end of the year, and these games are going to matter. And you could finish with the quote-unquote number one seed at the end of the season, but since you lost in you know, the quarterfinals or the first round of the midseason tournament, the team below you just jumps you, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the Mavericks win the midseason tournament, and even though they finish behind the Clippers and the Lakers in the standings at the end of the season, all of a sudden they're the one seed for the playoffs. I think that would be... I don't really see the, the negative. I think that would be awesome. I think teams would be forced, basically, to care about the tournament because it's going to change where they might end up at the end of the season, and I don't really see a downside of that. And leave the money involved. Sure, you want to win some money, too, but I think if they really want this to matter and people to care about it you say there are real stakes on the line this tournament there's no real stakes on the line it's just basically regular games that they're making up they're saying we want you to care about these other games more because now they're part of a tournament and you say well let's say you're a casual fan and you're hearing about this oh the NBA is playing a mid-season tournament what what does the team win Uh, well they're going to win some money okay the stakes aren't high enough who cares the stakes are not high enough exactly It's, it's, it's that simple and we, like I said, it goes back to me and you will probably watch these games because we're super into the NBA. You're not going to draw the casual fan in by saying LeBron could win a million dollars if yeah. he wins this game in Las Vegas yeah. in November. Yeah. But what you will draw the players in, I think it would be so sick if, like, the, the final of this tournament, and let's say they played in Las Vegas, who knows? I, Bill's idea was basically, you know, screw the group stage. That's not even a thing anymore. Season 72 games, and we're going to make up those games by. There's just a tournament, a single elimination tournament. However you seed them, let's say it's seeded after the first 30 games, and then you seed the teams based off that. Mm-hmm. And you just put, you take a week off from the season, and you say all 30 teams in the NBA are going to be a part of a single elimination tournament, and just put it in like Madison Square Garden or something. Yeah. And so then there's a possible, and like we said, the, the stakes are that you're going to get points that count against your regular season win total at the end of the season. It will be so cool if like, you could get a finals, like, so that Bucks lakers game that we got on, what was that, Thursday night? Yeah, yeah, Thursday. There could be a situation where the Bucks and the Lakers are playing at Madison Square Garden, and the stakes are, you know, seven wins at the end of the, or an extra three wins at the end of the season, Some, with real stakes that players are invested in. Mm-hmm. You give them a trophy, you give them the money too, but yeah. this is going to change the standings at the end of the season. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. I think it would be... And I think it would be a lot easier to follow. So rather than this situation, and now people may be getting confused. I understand it's really not that complicated, but maybe people are getting confused. But under this scenario, they're basically just saying, we're going to work the midseason tournament into the schedule, existing schedule. Like I said, just a random Tuesday night game is going to matter for this tournament. And maybe you agree or disagree. I think it would be a lot cooler to just say, screw that. The the midseason tournament is its own separate thing. We're taking a week or a week, 10 days off of the season and there's no other games being played except this tournament. I think that would be a lot easier to explain to a random fan saying, oh, we're playing this tournament rather than, oh, well, this is a tournament game, but it's just a regular game that's happening during the season that would have happened anyway. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain to people. Yeah. Rather than, 
there's a tournament happening. It's next week. It's at Madison Square Garden. It, all the teams in the NBA are playing in a single elimination. I think people would be pretty invested in that. I think it, it talk about ratings. We said like the playing tournament is not not playing tournament. The playing games are mm-hmm. not going to get huge ratings. I think this would get some pretty big ratings. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. But I, I think it'd be a lot cooler idea. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. That's definitely the the better way to uh, to go with it. Because right now it's just like you know. I think, you know, you might get some viewers just because it'll be, like, the first time and people will be curious. Yeah. Like, but after it? that, like, you're like, oh, wait, this is just kind of just the magic and the and the, the Nets are just playing. In the and, quarterfinals. Yeah, it's, like, not really, you know, it's not going to drive, like, viewership. I mean, one of the, I think what they really have to do, um, like, you know, besides the tournament, um, mm-hmm. is to reduce the games the fir- in the first round to... Three games. Three games? Three games. Whoa, okay. Wait, so the whole first round, all the ra- all yeah. the series are only yeah. three games? I'm tired of watching the Bucks have to play, uh, win four games against the Magic. When they're up 2-0 and everyone yeah. knows they're going to sweep. Yeah, so either way, um, as two things, is that it gives a chance for the Magic to actually upset the Bucks mm-hmm. and... It's if it's that much of a blowout, it'll be over really quick. Right. So I mean, they'll finally because there's never been a has there been an eight seed to upset a number one? What, yeah. Did the Mavericks well, do it. The the Mavs lost to the Warriors, and, and also um, I uh, I think I was gonna say the Bulls when D Rose tore his ACL yeah. lost to the Sixers, but that was a two seven matchup. I think I think it happened. It happened with the Mavericks and the Warriors, and I think it happened way back in the day. Like it was like the Nuggets, I think, were the eight seed, and they upset anyone. But it, the first round used to be five games. I think five games is more. It's like a happy medium. Yeah, but I think it should be three, five, and seven. Three, five. So like, oh, so second round is now five games. Yeah. So from because obviously the matchups get better, so you have a longer game, and yeah. the best matchups have. Because what makes the Super Bowl so exciting? Yeah, it's just one it's game. It's one game. What about the NCAA tournament? It's one game. Single elimination. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like the reason why baseball like can be like kind of a drag is like you're playing the same team like three times, three, four times in a row, and mm-hmm. then you got like so many games. It's just like a lot. That's why the wild card game is actually one of the best it's parts exciting. about baseball. It's, yeah. You know, one game, anything can happen. Why not? I mean, listen, I think, you know, one game is a little bit drastic for you know the nba that's why you know just make it three mm-hmm. you know it's increased increases the variables of what could happen um and you know if you know the number one seed is as good as they are supposed to be they'll just you know take care of the team in two games yeah otherwise you know if it's even um you know there's a chance that the eight seed can upset the number one and like you'll you'll really have no idea who can win the championship mm-hmm. like there there could be a chance where the pace. I mean, obviously, no one really wants to see the Pacers. No offense to the, you know, Pacers fan. No, but no one really wants to see the Pacers win an NBA championship. Right. Um, but you know, there could be, you know, a popular team. Imagine the Knicks winning. Yeah. Not this year, but like if they got better in future years. Yeah. And hypothetically, like that would be huge. Like, so let's say if they're like a, let's say you know, back in, uh, 2013, 14, the mm-hmm. Knicks were the fifth fourth or fifth seed like they get you know beat the heat um in a couple games and Melo gets hot J.R. smith gets hot next thing you know they're in the the finals and yeah they win like there's like the opportunity is it's not so predictable mm-hmm. it makes everything very unpredictable 
um, just having the games like so long out because like when you think about it, it's like who's gonna win? Who's <laughs> who's gonna win? And uh, if the Bucks played the Magic, they're gonna seven win. times. Yeah, who's gonna win? They're gonna win. They're probably like, gonna it's it's not like why even play it? Yeah. No one no one really <laughs> wants to watch it. Like the sure. first round is the main point is the first round. Definitely the one eight and the two seven matchups are generally not that exciting and not yeah. that fun to watch every year in the playoffs. And it was so, and it makes the, the the five and the four, the four and the five going at it like even more exciting. It's intense, yeah. It's like three games. That's the, that's the game you want. I mean, you want to watch all the games because like number four and five you want to watch because it's the most competitive. Number one and eight you kind of want to watch because you want to see if DJ Augustine gets hot and Vucevic have like the, a deadly pick and roll. Next thing you know, it's one one. Uh, you know, there's one game to go. Um, Bucks are facing elimination in the first round, and you have to see Giannis drop forty and twenty, yeah, uh, like record-breaking numbers in uh, the playoffs. So, I mean, it's it, you know, I, I think it it will get players to rise like for the occasion, mm-hmm. and it will drive viewership. Yeah. So, a quick point on that, and then we could move on to the last point about sort of these proposed NBA changes to the schedule that the Adam Silver is bringing to the players. Um, the only thing that I could think I agree with you shorter series means more unpredictable means every game matters more only thing I could think of is the owners one thing that they love it's of the, course so, is money yeah, yeah. and if we say we watch a series and we watch the Bucks play in the first round against the Magic we say this is so pointless they're going to sweep them what what the Bucks owner says is well we're going to get two or three home games and all the fans are going to show up they're going to buy tickets they're going to buy concessions jerseys food whatever so it, it might be tough it's there's two different sides it says what makes this the most entertaining for the fans and the most exciting for the fans but then you have to balance that with you don't want the owners to be well we don't really care if the owners lose money but it, if it's realistic and it's going to happen it can't involve the owners losing a bunch of money so i, I agree okay. it's just tough to balance that if, if that's the case when what all right let's say five let's say Eight million people, not five million people, watch mm-hmm. the the Magic Buck series. Yeah. Now that it reduced to three games, what if 20, 20 million people watched? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. three times more, three times more revenue. Although it's not as much revenue as people actually go into the games, I yeah. think it will make up for it. Okay. Yeah. In that case, it's just yeah. I mean, I agree. I think it would be cooler. I mean, the series. NFL makes as much money as the NBA. I yeah. Think, I think more oh, money. Way more money. The NFL way makes money. way more money. They play sixteen games. Yeah, and their playoffs are not three. You know, three game yeah. series or five game series. It's yeah. just one game. Boom, you lose or yeah. you win or you're out, and they get yeah. huge ratings. So there is something to be said. I agree for less games but more interest and it's appointment viewing you have to watch this game mm-hmm. right? it's like game three of the first round of the NBA again higher does it stakes. matter who wins higher stakes that's what it goes back higher to stakes. every okay. game matters like because it's like if it's 1-1 it's mm-hmm. like if you lose the first game it's like it's just one game yeah it's whatever but if you lose one game in like in this you know um if the way that we're, yeah, we're, we're that we're proposing like that's huge it's mm-hmm. like oh fuck they're down one game yeah. like they're you have to win two straight. You <laughs> yeah, can't lose again. Straight. Yeah, you literally just cannot lose again. So it's, yeah, one more point about, and this is the final point about the um, the proposed changes is reseeding of the last four playoff teams. Yeah. So this would basically mean conference finals in the NBA, four teams left. They would take those four teams and based off their regular season record, they would reseed them. So the example we were talking about before is 2017. Um, was it 2017? Or was it 2018? It's 2018. 2018, the Rockets play the Warriors 
in the conference finals. And meanwhile, um, the the Cavs, LeBron's last season on the Cavs, are playing the Celtics in the conference finals. And I'm pretty sure this is what happened. Was this 2018? Whatever. Point is, we remember when everyone basically said the Western Conference Finals are the NBA Finals. If the Warriors win, they're going to win the Finals. If the Rockets win, they're going to win the Finals. And they're just going to beat whoever shows up from the Eastern Conference. This, theoretically, is like we want to make sure that the two best teams from the season end up facing in the Finals. I just think this is dumb. I'm like, I don't... Who really cares? We were talking about it before. It's like... Is it really such a big deal if... So the Rockets lost to the Warriors. And is it really such a big deal that they lost in the conference finals rather than the finals? At some point, they would have had to beat the Warriors. And they didn't. So I don't don't really get this. It's like, who... And doesn't this kind of take away from rivalries? Like, Lakers-Celtics... They were, that would, they were hold the, the dynasty back in the 80s. Lakers-Celtics, every year they meet in the finals. Well, that would be, still be alive, though. That if they were the two best yeah, teams, yeah. it would be alive. But there could be a scenario where the Lakers play the Celtics in the quote-unquote conference. They wouldn't even be called the conference finals anymore. I guess they would have to change it to like the semifinals. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's not a huge deal, but it's just sort of, we're going to get weird matchups. I don't think it's a big deal, and I don't really know. Like, who was dying for this to happen that they threw this in as one of the changes? I don't know. What do you think about it? I mean, if... Exactly. <laughs> it's not like a huge deal. I mean, like in an ideal scenario, I guess it would be cool. Like, let's say last year to see the Warriors and the Rockets in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be cool. Um, but I mean, it's not like every year we're like, oh, this should have been the, the actual the actual finals. finals. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think it's like as as big of a deal. I mean, I think they're they need to pri- prioritize. Um, you know, changing the game in in other ways, like I said, to reducing the the playoff um, number number of playoff games in the first round, at least the first round. You got to get reduce that to at least five because I mean everyone's complaining about it every every year. It's just like no one wants to watch the Magic um, <laughs> in the first. Yeah, round. it's like it, no no one cares. No one cares. Um, so yeah, I mean. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, we covered I mean, those were all like the, yeah. those were the major 78 games, midseason tournament, playing games for the playoffs, reseeding the final four teams. Those were all the changes that they're possibly going to do, not for next season, but the season after next. So I was like, so obviously there's been a lot of talk since Lakers, Bucks, um, who's on the best Thursday. player in the league? Yeah. So who do you think is the best player in the league? I'm not talking about MVP. It's all right, so let's say mm-hmm. um, hypothetically you choose one player. The teams, everyone's team is even, but you get to choose one player. Right. Who would you choose to make it to the, the very last? Like if you had team? one do or die yeah. game and you had the Not same. Not even one do or die game. Oh, yeah, I guess you could say do or die game. Right. Or I would think like just like the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, who would you go with? I think it goes. So we talked about this, I think, in the first episode that we did, sort of. Um, it's more of like. An MVP discussion. Yeah. I know what you're saying, it, but it just goes back to me. I, I really, and I'm. A huge LeBron fan. LeBron's my guy. I really want the Lakers to win the championship this year, no doubt about it. I think Giannis is the best player. But then uh, there is part of me that's like do or die game. If if all the teammates are equal and we're not we're not factoring in who's got the better team. Got cut off for a little bit, but technical difficulties. Yeah, technical difficulties. We're learning. <laughs> we're building. <laughs> we're just starting off. We're just cut gonna, us some slack. We're jumping right back into it. Yeah, top five. So. 
I, I don't know if it got my top five guys, but this was yeah. just right off the top of my head. Free association. Let's go with it. I would say Giannis is the best player. LeBron's number two. Harden's three. Luka four. Eighty-five. I don't even know if I agree with that, but that was just this is what I think. Top okay. five. That's what came out. So, I would pick two players over Giannis. Okay. <laughs> two players. <Whoa. laughs> and you're gonna All be right. like, and you're gonna be like, wow, like this is nuts. <laughs> All right. I All right. Mean, so number one. Oh, is, I forgot Kawhi. Yeah. Oh, shit. Number one is LeBron. Okay. Number two is Kawhi, and I oh, think it, there's actually a gap because I mean they've We're done it. Gaps now. Yeah. Wow. No. All right. They they they've done it. Kawhi. It wasn't even a question. Kawhi was the best player in the league literally like four months ago. See? What the fuck just happened that but Giannis <laughs> just took the crown just <laughs> yeah. like that? Just because he's been great and like as, first he's 20 been, games? Yeah, sure. He's been absolutely incredible the last, you know, 20, 30 games. Mm-hmm. But Kawhi literally just single-handedly took a team on his back um, when he was hurt. To the finals. To the finals, yeah. beating one of the greatest teams of all time. Obviously, they didn't have KD. I mean, it'll, it'll put an asterisk on the Warriors. Um yeah, they team. got injuries. Yeah, I mean, you have to. You have to. It's like, you know. But still, I don't care. They they won the finals. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi was the best player on the court. So then he, why is Kawhi not better than LeBron then? Because LeBron's LeBron done it. LeBron's for longevity. You have to do it. Because last year was a fluke year. Uh, I'll, if he doesn't do it this year, then... Possible demotion. Yeah, yeah, he'll get demoted. But, like, you can't... It's been one year, so it's not a trend. It's mm-hmm. not a thing. It's just been one year, like... You know, I'll you know I'll forgive him for last year. He had, you know, Javale McGee playing thirty minutes a game. Crappy teammates, crappy you team. Know, I'm just not gonna. I mean, now that he has AD, the Lakers are arguably the best team in the league. Um, you mm-hmm. know, you have to see what he does this year. And LeBron's, you know, he's been he's been doing it. He's the most consistent player in the league, if not like all time. Um, so he still has a crown. Um, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, no one has matched LeBron. Kawhi did it for one year, and it was great. Right. Giannis hasn't done it at all. He's never done it. So I can't. You can't give it to him yet. Um, if he does it this year, then yeah, we could you know have this conversation again. But it goes you know longevity. Who's been doing this? Mm-hmm. Which is LeBron. Then it's recency bias, which is Kawhi, and then it's most popular right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like I want I guess you could say like the sexy pick because it'll be Giannis. Yeah. Because Giannis is just having just like this absolutely incredible regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that people are forgetting is that the playoffs are much uh, more significant than the regular season. Right. Um, so yeah. So that's that's pretty much that's that's my take. Everyone's just like jumping way too soon on Giannis being like undoubtedly, indisputably the best player in the mm-hmm. league. Which is obviously definitely an argument. I'm just saying that he ha- he has to do it. Let him do it in the playoffs first. Let's see what he does this year. Because last year he lost to who Threatful. was the best player in the league, Kawhi right. Leonard. That's why people sort of gave. Well, not I don't even think really people were talking about Giannis as the best player, but that's why they people were. gave Kawhi the crown. Is yeah. they said, well, he knocked off Giannis yeah. and he knocked off the Warriors. Yeah. Obviously, they had injuries, but yeah. going and he into was this injured. Year, he was, was injured himself, right? So listen, yeah, Kawhi, Kawhi is. I mean, Do Kawhi, top people, six, people, people, people are forgetting that, you know, Kawhi is taking. That. All right, so also one of the reasons why the, the viewership is down because what are the most, all right, so coming into the, the season, what are the most 
the hype things that were coming into the season. The it Clippers, was, Lakers. Clipper, well, and... It was Kawhi and Paul George signing with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Zeon, you know, just being Zeon, mm-hmm. obviously the rookie. Um, Lakers, uh, LeBron. LeBron and the Lakers with AD signing or uh, getting traded. Right. Right. And then KD and Kyrie going to the Nets. So Kyrie has been out 20 games. KD tore his Achilles, so you know He's knocked them off. That hype Zion's instantly out. died down. Zion has not played a single NBA game. LeBron and the Lakers have lived up to the hype. They've been great. Um, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are playing every other game. <laughs> so that's that's one of the main reasons why the hype has Steph is out. Have died down. The Warriors the hype, are yeah, relevant. The, yeah, yeah. The Warriors are relevant. Um, so who's the rest of your top five? Though? So you said LeBron, okay. Kawhi, Giannis. Four, then I, I'm going to have to rearrange my top five. I think that. So would you agree that there's a clear top six, and like these are the top six guys, and then it's everyone else, and it's Giannis, LeBron, Harden, Luca, AD, and Kawhi. Like those are the six guys. However, you want to order them, and then there's like a gap, and then there's everyone else. Do you agree, or do you think because KD is obviously the asterisk? He would be the top seven guy, but he's hurt. I you put can't him. Throw him in. I put him above. I put him at number. I might put him at number one. Okay. Well, because he's. He's won two championships. He's been the best player. Had, yeah. For him to be the best player, indisputably, on um, the greatest team of all time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you have well, to. He's hurt, though. He's disqualified. Yeah, so for we're, now. But we're not going to talk reclaim, about it. Because in the first round last year, when he was blown out against the Clippers, he was, so he was the best player. Oh, yeah. I he feel was, like the, the belt got passed around. Going into the last year, it was like People were forgetting like, about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, if, he, if he's healthy, he's the best player. He's actually the best player. I'll probably say. I, listen, he I might never to. be that yeah, as I don't 100% know. healthy, yeah. though. We have to wait yeah. and see. <laughs> that, that part we have to see. but I think that's a top seven, though. Yeah. So, who, okay. So, who's your, after your top three? Who are the, KD healthy. has to be, I, I acknowledge just, like, your point. We'll just exclude him. We'll just exclude He's him excluded, for now. But I acknowledge your point. Yeah. Last year, first round of the playoffs, he was the best player in the league at that point in time. Yep. Um, so, LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, mm-hmm. Harden. Uh, I... I'd probably have to go. Um, that's it's a real tough, real tough between AD and Luca because obviously AD is great defensively, um, but Luca has just been so special in offense, leading um, his team to one of the one of the top offenses in the entire league, and you know just single handedly because Kristaps has not played well until um, recently. Until of recent, um, he was actually shooting from the logo. Um, you know, it's it's really sad actually when you think about that that Knicks trade, uh, just giving up Harden. I mean, not Harden, Tim Hardaway, Chris Thaps for and Courtney Lee. Don't forget for, about Courtney yeah, Lee. Huge for, for pretty much no assets whatsoever. And considering at the time that at the time Chris Thaps was a franchise player, I don't care what anyone says, he was a franchise player. And it it was just a, it's a, it was a terrible trade. It was a terrible trade and. Uh, I, I still don't understand why the Knicks had to do it because that people forget that um, you know that, that trade came out of nowhere. It, literally, there was just rumors that Kristaps was unhappy. The next day, traded. Right. Like that doesn't happen in a day. That that was brewing. Um, I think that I don't know why the Knicks fans hate him, Kristaps. Yeah. Uh, all he did was hate the Knicks management just like every other Knicks fan. Yeah, it's and true. And there was a reason why like Chris everyone was like Chris Alves was beloved by the 
by the Knicks fans because he skipped the, the meeting, the exit meeting, because he didn't Phil. agree with yeah he didn't agree with the upper management Dolan, and Knicks fans love that. I don't understand. Now all of a sudden they they hate him for that. It's like, listen, you gotta you gotta realize that he was on your side and the management drove him away. And I think he was just kind of fed up and he's like, all right, fine, trade me. Like I don't care, screw it. And then obviously the Knicks, you know, New York is very emotional. Um, considering like the ties with the team and they kind of turned against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knicks fans got upset because he didn't thank, thank you know New York. I think that's time. what got people mad is like that's instead funny. of doing like the usual player leaves the yeah, city, yeah. player leaves the team. You do, you send out a tweet or do the Instagram post. Yeah, I think he like signed a tweet to Luca. Yeah, this yeah. is really getting in the weeds here, but I think they're just mad that he basically was like. A little too happy about leaving rather than saying like i love the city i love the fans but it's just excuses it's like they're mad because he's on the team anymore it's a really bad breakup yeah basically a breakup and it's like oh i'm so mad that they broke up with me but i'm mad because of how they did it and when you're just mad that they did it at all it doesn't really matter how would would the knicks fans love christophs if if when he got traded he put out an instagram post immediately about how he loved the knicks fans and how he loved New York and blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm pretty sure he did that, but he just didn't do he it did. soon I, enough. I, 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 oh, a day did, later. He did it a day later, but he should have done it immediately. Yeah. But then he sent a tweet to Luca. That was too nice. It's like, get over it. I agree. It was a bad trade. I hated it the moment that it happened. The whole point of rebuilding and tanking is to get a player like Kristaps and trade him away for the possibility that you maybe might sign a free agent finally, even though that never happens. It was a dumb trade. But you, So you're saying, um, to bring it back to the rankings, yeah, yeah. you're saying you give... Ad the, the edge over Luca because over of defensive purposes. Okay, yeah, yeah, and then I would say just re-ranking my top seven: um, Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi, Harden. I agree. Ad and Luca is like splitting hairs, but I'll give it to Ad. Ad Luca, and then Asterix is like KD and Steph. Um, and then we were talking about what what players would sort of make the bubble of the top ten. I think. We settle on Jokic, Towns, Kyrie has got to be there, Siakam, Embiid, Dame, Jimmy Butler, and Paul George. It's like guys on the bubble. If they have like a great two weeks. Jokic. I don't know if you said the Jokic. I don't know if I said him, but Jokic too, for sure. Those are guys who are like, they're not in like the top, top tier, but like they're the next level of guys. Yep. Definite all-star players could be, depending on how they're playing in, for, in a given month or whatever, they might be the eighth best player, they might be the 14th best player. Those are like the bubble guys. And, I mean, it would be interesting to do a podcast of the top 15 players in the NBA uh, after the season finishes because it's so much splitting hair. Or all-star break. Or all-star break break. is another idea for sure. And I just think it's interesting. There's so many great players. There's so many. You almost can't, like we just did, we can't even do a top five because there's too many great players that are super elite and right at the tippy-tippy top that you can't just say, well, it's these five guys and nobody else. It's really like once Steph and, and... KD are healthy. It's basically top eight and then everyone else. Mm -hmm. And those guys that we mentioned are on the bubble. And just to uh, tie it into, so we're talking about best player, top top seven or eight players in the league. I think I pretty much think, I know we had spoken when we did the first episode about who's going to win MVP. I don't even think it's mainly an MVP race at this point. I think it's just, it was sort of a race. LeBron's right there. Harden's right there. Luka's right there. Giannis is right there. And now, like, Giannis has just pulled ahead mm. for a couple of reasons. Luka got hurt, number one. 
Giannis beat and it, it's weird to put too much uh, relevance on one game but the Lakers did lose to the Bucks. Giannis played amazing hit five threes I just think if the Bucks make the number one seed and they do it by six or seven games I don't see how Giannis I think it's a lock unless he gets hurt I think it's a lock that he wins MVP I don't what what's Harden gonna have to do average 45 points a game and it, the Rockets are I don't even know what seed they are right now what are they they're, they're the four seed, which is good, but unless I can't see Harden winning MVP unless the Rockets are the one seed, to be honest, especially if the Bucks are going to be the one seed. So I think it's kind of unfortunate because MVP race is something fun to talk about, but I think Luka's injury, the Rockets not being a number one seed, the Bucks being a number one seed by uh, a pretty decent margin. They're five games ahead of the Celtics for the number two seed in the East. I think Giannis is going to win it. If you just look at Giannis's stats, I know it's just honestly fun to do because his stats are so ridiculous. A couple things. They're he, better than video game numbers. They're better than video game numbers. Nobody even puts up these numbers in a video game. Um, so per 36, he's 36 points a game, 15 rebounds. 36 and 15 is <laughs> his average game if he plays 36 minutes. Six assists, uh, a steal and a half, a block and a half, and... What we were getting into, or we we're going to get into, is he—he's hitting threes now. He's uh, six att- uh, three-point attempts a game, and I'm going to make this joke again because it got cut off technical difficulties. <laughs> I thought it was a gem of a joke, for the record. Um, uh, Thanos from Avengers, oh, yeah. the uh, the Infinity Stones, and if if I mislabel them or I don't use the proper term, I don't really care about these movies. I just get the general idea. Him, Giannis, getting a three-point jump shot is basically like Thanos getting the last Infinity Stones. Yeah. He's just vaporizing the rest of them. Yay! At this point, thirty-four percent from three, and he's shooting six times a game. Yeah. Contrast that. I know we don't have to get into it again with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons can't shoot threes, and he doesn't do it. Giannis couldn't shoot threes for basically the majority of his career. I mean, you look at some of his. Um, Seasons from three, 35, 16, 26, 27, 31, 26 last year. It's terrible. But he kept shooting. He kept practicing it. He kept getting game reps. And now he's six threes a game. And he's like basically shooting league average from three. Like I said, it's yeah. the three-point shot is basically the infinity stone for Giannis. And he just vaporizes everyone else. I don't see how – you can't predict ahead. But how does he – he's going to win back-to-back MVPs. How does he not three-peat in MVP? I guess KD coming back if he has a great season. But his stats are ridiculous. He's arguably the best defensive player in the league. He can hit threes now. He's blocking shots. He's getting steals. 36 and 15 per yep. 36 yep. is absurd. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the only thing, I mean, he's shooting double the volume. Um, his last year mm-hmm. was his the highest volume he, he ever shot from three. three. He had a clip was was three a game, mm-hmm. and he made shy, just shy of under one. Now he's making two a game with... Six six attempts, so he's shooting thirty five percent as opposed to twenty five percent, shooting huge twice as more, which is a huge jump. Um, the only thing that does not make any sense is that he's shooting sixty percent, a career low and three throw, free throw percentage, mm-hmm. uh, which weird. It's it, it. I mean, it doesn't make any any sense at all. Um, I mean, I know he's shooting two more a game, but it, it's clear that he's getting he's becoming a better shooter. So something. I mean, usually, like, free throws are mental. And, you know, if you're not hitting your free throws, you're probably not hitting your threes either. But he's actually shooting better from three, but worse from the line. So It's weird. I think that will correct. I think he'll he'll end up being, like, a 70, 75% shooter, um, you know, regress 
uh, to his uh, back to the mean. To, back to the mean. Career average like is seventy three from the line. It's not so, like he's a liability from the free throw line. Yeah, so I think he'll he'll you know normalize um, on the second half of the season uh, as soon as he gets that that mental block out of his head, but. And it might just be bad luck. It's only been tw- twenty nine games. Well, twenty nine games is a it's decent a amount. It's a good sample. Size. Right. Yeah. So it's it when, is weird when you see. That's what you see. What's real and what's not. Mm-hmm. Like the Suns have been good. They've been solid last. You know these thirty games. That's kind of what we were, we were waiting to see. We thought they were going to be the worst team in the league, and now they're fighting for a playoff spot, just like the Thunder. Um, I mean, same with the Pelicans. The Pelicans suck. Straight up, they just suck. You're saying like 30 games in. That's it's enough you sample size. You'll see yeah. like you know pretenders, contenders. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, actually, the Suns are not that as good. They no, they're not. Six. They're kind of fell off. <laughs> they're kind of fell off. Okay, so this is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens. Yeah, you know? they got separated. Now it seems like they're more of a pretender. So let's say, yeah, that's why like that 20, 25 game sample size is you know not enough. You need. 30 because they lost six in a row. <laughs> yeah, the Suns are they back were, to the Suns. They so. were 11 and 12, one game uh, under 500. Now yeah. they're 11 and 18. That's a huge difference. And Booker's been hurt, so it's like we don't yeah, have to been, go too hard with the Suns. They did just get eight and eight and back, but you know, I'm, I'm, we don't really want to talk about the Suns. No, no. I mean, maybe they trade for K-11, then we'll talk about yeah, them again. We'll talk to K- yeah. One quick more point, one quick final point on Giannis. His, his, so the record for PER... Uh, mm-hmm. In the history of basketball, so player efficiency rating, it's like kind of a catch-all one number. To it's not the best metric. It's not like the end-all, be-all, but it sort of helps you see how good a player is. The record on is offensive end. On offense, it doesn't factor in defense as much for sure. So I just want to make sure I get this right. I want to bring up the season, uh, single season leaders of PR in history. And okay, here we go. Before this season, the record for player efficiency rating was thirty-one point eight two. It was Will Chamberlain. Giannis is at 34.79. So Giannis is on pace to have, by this metric of player efficiency rating, the best season in the history of basketball, individual season, by far. Now, that doesn't mean he's the best player in the history of basketball by far, of course. There's a lot of factors that are involved, but that's insane. Yeah. Like, uh, if you get 30 or above, that's like a legendary all-time season. And he's, like, pushing 35. It's just, like, there's so many stats you could look at with Giannis that just blow your mind yeah i mean we, we don't have too much i don't know if you have any uh, more topics that you definitely want to hit i know we wanted to talk a little bit about drew holiday and then just talk about like the kg lebron thing that came up from uh bill simmons podcast i, I think those are the last two that i have unless you think of any yeah. other ones yeah i mean yeah the only thing about the Giannis pr thing is that mm-hmm. i think that it's i don't think it's going to be sustainable yeah he might fall he's only playing thir- he's playing 31 minutes which is crazy <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, if he plays more minutes, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the numbers that he's putting up is have, have never been seen before. It's like Shaq hasn't put up these numbers. No. And he's actually shooting th- it's he's shooting threes and he's dishing Getting the assists. ball off. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, I mean, it's it's quite an insane season. Um, I mean, there's not really much you could say. The game is just easy, easy for him. Uh, there's... I mean, the numbers that he's putting up, he's so efficient. And, you know, he's he's becoming the full package as soon as, like, if he, uh, you know, holds that three-point shot, I mean... It's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I mean, they can't uh, form a fucking wall 
like uh, to, to play him in the the playoffs, like, like the Raptors thinking. did, yeah. yeah. And the Sixers tried to no, yeah. no, the Sixers played the Raptors, but that's what teams try to do. It's yeah. like he's going to kill you in transition, yeah, just get drive. a bunch of bodies in front of him. Yeah. If he's going to walk into three pointers, your wall is meaningless. He's yeah. just going to shoot over it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be very interesting to see in the playoffs. Obviously, they don't miss. I mean, it's not obviously they don't miss Brogdon, but it's crazy how they it's crazy how they don't miss Brogdon at all, right. Considering how good he's, he's been. been um, on its own. Um, shout out to the Pacers too. I think you know they're going to be a very sneaky team. Yeah. Um, come you know late April when they get Oladipo back and fully healthy with a couple games under his belt with Brogdon, Sabonis playing great, um, and they're going to have Oladipo. Hopefully, Miles Turner steps up. You know, no one talks about the Pacers, but they're going to be a very sneaky team and annoying team to play in the playoffs because they they are. They have that grit that no one, that nobody believes in us, you know. Yeah, for sure. I'll see. They, they won five straight games. It could be, I'm not saying I'm predicting this, but it wouldn't be necessarily a shock. Like you said, uh, a Brogdon, Oladipo, uh, let's say TJ Warren at small yeah. forward, uh, Sabonis Turner lineup. That's a nice lineup. It's yeah. got shooting, it's got offense, it's got defense. It wouldn't be a shock if they made the conference finals, is my point. I'm not saying predicting that, but you could see that once if Oladipo comes back and looks like Oladipo. It, it, it would be something nice. I mean, do you, so do you want to talk about, Drew, like possible trades or, or not yeah. really? I know you had you had a couple ones that you came up with, right? Or just general ideas of teams that he could go to? I mean, the thing about Drew is that he's, he's kind of overrated mm-hmm. and where last year he was great in the playoffs. I think it was uh, the season before last year because I when, when you said that before I checked, I, they, I don't think the Pelicans even made the playoffs last year. Cause Are that you was, sure? Yeah, that was the AD... That was the AD year where AD just basically oh, yeah, sat yeah. out the rest of the season. Yeah. I know what you're thinking. It was against the Blazers in 2018 when he balled out and they beat the Blazers. Yeah. But point six, he was amazing last time we saw him in the playoffs. Yeah, he was He was just amazing, like, defensive. Well, obviously, it's a playoffs, so you can't really do a defensive play of the year. Yeah, let's see. He's aver- he averaged 24, mm-hmm. 6, and 5 with great defense on the last time he was in the playoffs. 24, and, 6, and 5. Like, that's... Yeah. With great defense, that's a yeah. great player. Great defense. Yeah. Great defense. And that was when he was 27 now. But that's not really the type of player he is. He's literally just like a – his career average is 17 and 7 mm-hmm. and 4 with good defense, which is – you know, it's, he's a solid point guard. He's but, like a borderline all-star. He's one of those fringe all-star guys every year. Like people are just making it out to him to be like this top 15 player. I'm mean, like, when did this, when did this happen? He's not really – He's never been this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's just a very solid player. Um, but I've watched him his entire career, and he's been, you know, really good at times. But I think people are just overrating him, possibly due to just like underlying numbers that you know don't show up um, while watching the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually like the opposite of what actually happens. Like people will not see the 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 playmaking during the game and just like look at the numbers but people are actually looking at the numbers and not watching the game right um, and so. I think if people are confused while we're talking about Drew Holiday it's because there was recently a report that you no know, the Pelicans their season is oh, yeah. 10 yeah, it's, no, over. it's over they're terrible they're one of the worst teams in the league ZM might not play who knows where he's, he's... I don't think he's going to play why would they play the Zion oh, yeah. I mean why would he... they play why would they risk it? I don't. That's been the thing. Is like, is Zion going to come back at all? But my thing is like, if he's healthy, just play. I don't. I, I get what you're saying. Like, what is going to happen? The season's over. But 
he isn't there something to be said for him getting his feet wet, playing 30 games at the end of the season? If he's healthy, I say play him. If he's not healthy, sit him out until he's healthy. But I don't. They're going to probably suck with him anyway. I mean, they're a bad team. They're arguably one of the worst. Not arguably, they are one of the worst teams in the league. They're seven and 23. I don't think him coming back is going to mess up their. If they are trying to tank, he's not going to mess it up that much. But so there was a report that came out that said the Pelicans are. Considering how their season's going, they're open to trading Drew. So that's why we're talking about Drew. Um, And, I mean, so, like you're saying, he may be by... A lot of times, people who cover the league super closely, they want to give a lot of credit to the the under-the-radar, underrated players. Whereas, so, from a casual fan perspective, Drew Holiday, they barely know who the guy is. He might be underrated for them. The way some, like, journalists and media guys hype up Drew, he might be overrated for the non-casual fan. That makes sense? So, I think... If, if we look at it, a teams but the teams like, say, the, the T-Wolves, teams like the Nuggets, teams like the Heat, they may say, Drew, we're not going to sign a player better than Drew in free agency. Now, maybe the Heat, they always go, like, for the big free agents. Pat There's, Riley. Always Pat has Riley. His, has something up his sleeve. Something up his sleeve. He dumps the, the championship rings on the table. You know, he got LeBron he, to, and Bosch to come to Miami. He tried to get Gordon Hayward. Apparently, he almost did. He got Jimmy to come. Apparently, there's rumors they're going to go after Giannis. So maybe not them, but a team like the Nuggets, a team like the T-Wolves, I could see them saying, we're not going to sign a free agent who's better than Drew Holiday. Why don't we just trade for him? So those are two teams I could see saying, you know, we'll give up maybe some young guys. We'll give up some, uh, maybe a pick to get Drew. Because I think the Nuggets, Drew, Jamal Murray, and Jokic, that's nice. If you look at the T-Wolves, Drew, Wiggins, I know nobody's really crazy about Wiggins, but... Towns is, is a nice Covington. Covington, that's a he nice might, line. Well, he might be on. The, he'll probably be in the trade. He might be in the trade. Yeah, He'll be in the trade. So it's just something to monitor. He and we talked about the first podcast that we did. We didn't even bring up Drew. I mean, we were mentioning Kevin Love. We were yeah, mentioning yeah. Chris Paul. Yeah. Maybe Iguodala gets bought out. Who knows where he ends up? We didn't even think of it. When I saw the report, I was like, Oh yeah, I totally forgot Drew. Drew, not that I forgot he's a player, but I forgot. Hey, he he could be someone who's he should on the be move. traded. Yeah, he should be traded. There's no reason to have. There's him. no reason to keep him. They suck yeah. with him. People were talking about them before the season as a fringe playoff team. That's clearly not happening. Yeah, I, it made sense though. I mean, mm-hmm. with Ingram, Ingram's been playing. He's been balling. Yeah, he, he broke out this year. Definitely, Zion would have been a stud, mm-hmm. and you would have had Drew as like an All Star, perennial All Star. Um, so I could have seen them as like a playoff, uh, you know, bottom half playoff team. But obviously, that's just not gonna happen. Didn't work out. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it yeah. for the Drew side. I don't think that you need. There's nothing that's you know um, solidified no. on that end. Yeah, it's just so, rumors. yeah, it's just rumors. So not going to dive too much into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we talked about K Love um, last last week, yeah, two weeks ago. I think with him, it's the same thing. At this point, it's just rumors until yeah. we get more concrete yeah. stuff where it's like this team has made an yeah. offer. I mean, we we sort of discussed the teams that he might go to. Yeah, I mean some other names that could be traded. Um, a lot, of, I mean, a lot of guys on the Thunder: Chris Paul, Danilo, Danilo uh, Schroeder, Stephen Adams. Um, you know, Marcus. Let's say, just like in general, just Marcus. Like some of the Knicks guys: Julius yep. Randle, Marcus Morris, DSJ. Um, it would actually be pretty funny if. Um, the Sixers trade for JJ Redick because they could really use him right now. <laughs> yeah, they could They'd get some shooting. They 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 lost him in free agency and just trade back for him. That that could be a move for sure. DeAndre Russell, uh, Demar Derozan, uh, Jordan Clarkston. 
I hate Jordan Clarkson's game. I, I, I'm, I forgot he was in the NBA. Yeah, honestly. and he just never. I, I'm just. Uh, he's like the worst version of J.R. Smith. He like never passes, but he doesn't really play defense. He's not even really that great of a shooter. Not a fan of his game. And uh, just like the last couple would be like Tristan Thompson and Miles Turner. Yeah, Miles Turner and, and Tristan Thompson. <laughs> I could see them changing. You know, going to play teams that are already in the hunt in the playoffs and. And, and helping them out for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Celtics need a big man, but they mm-hmm. they they won't be able to get a a guy like Miles Turner or no. Tristan Thompson. They make too much money, and the guys who are making the most money on the Celtics are better or too valuable. Like Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart, arguably not as good as well. I mean, Miles My, Turner has been pl- playing pretty bad. Yeah, but. I don't he's think more valuable for sure. Yeah, I don't think they would sure. trade Marcus Smart no. for Miles Turner. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And I mean, no one does not not any big enough names um, to trade for like Jalen Brown or Tatum at this time. No, so no way. they're they're checked out. Um, and the, Hayward's not going anywhere nope. after the Isaiah Thomas thing, and they don't, they think it would look really bad um, trading Gordon Hayward after he destroyed his leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and Tristan Thompson is someone I could see them making a trade for. Though, he makes a lot of he, money though. So does he really? Yeah, so he no? makes eighteen million oh, and for one year. So uh, they won't. They'd have to include you know one of their core players, which they have is to get not close happening. to matching the money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think probably then the Celtics are probably going to stand pat then. Yeah. Yep. Which I mean, they're the second seed in the East. It's like not like they desperately need a trade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love like the way the standings are now. We would have the Bucks Magic first round. Uh, Celtics Nets will be awesome. You know, I th- I think everyone's like rooting for that series. Yeah, that would be cool. As long as Kyrie's healthy, naturally, yeah. um, that would be really good because you know the Nets are Nets are playing really well. Dinwiddie has been an All Star, mm-hmm. not like you know potentially an All Star. He's been an All Star. He's averaging twenty seven the last ten games, um, leading the Nets to uh, I think it's like twelve and seven um, recently. And you know you get Kyrie and Karras back against the Celtics. That'll be a really fun series. It would be the Heat versus the 76ers, which would be great because they're both defensive-minded teams. And I think that would be a nice grind, somewhat of a revenge game for Jimmy Butler, but not really because I think Jimmy's still boys with you know Embiid and a couple of the guys on that team. But going seeing Bam against Embiid would be a great matchup, and then Jimmy just trying to. Do what he does, and the rest of the the Heat cast against the the Sixers, you know, tough defense would be fun to watch. And the Raptors Pacers would be low key be exciting just because you get Oladipo back, you get Oladipo, um, Sabonis, Brogdon against Lowry, Siakam, Van Vliet, Gasol. I mean, I think that the Raptors could make a trade. They could be buyers um, at the deadline because they just they're just too good to be sellers. They, they you can't sell their they won five they won four games in a row and they just lost like Siakam they had some they, injuries they lost Siakam Van Vliet Powell just got hurt um, Gasol uh, I mean Lowry just came back like they haven't had him like all season so I mean they've just been they've been rock solid um, looking at the West I mean the Lakers still at the top Clippers only three games behind but I mean. Lakers have been playing phenomenal. I haven't seen this much determination from like a LeBron James-led team in a long time since probably the Heat. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the regular season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm surprised they're really like this good. I just like I said on last podcast, I thought they were just gonna kind of coast, maybe get like the four seed, so they'll have home court advantage in the first round, and then just like kind of LeBron and AD will do their thing as long as they're healthy in the in the playoffs. But they've been just taking everything seriously, and you know the whole team has really been been great. Um, I think they could trade Kuzma actually. I mm-hmm. think they should trade Kuzma because he's just not a good fit. He's he needs to unless he starts hitting his threes, playing better defense. Um, I just don't. He's not a third star. It's tough. He's with never Kuzma. a third star. Yeah, he's been overrated. Just he's overrated just because he's simply on the Lakers and like scores points. Yeah, and he's like younger and like he was. He's also overrated because he was like the one bright star on that team. It was like D'Angelo. Kuzma and Lonzo Ingram Lazo, yeah I mean none of them really played that well except Kuzma played the best I mean I mean D'Angelo was you know played okay but like Kuzma was just like the hidden the hidden gem um and so he's he's kind of overrated but this season you probably haven't heard a single peep out of him like he hasn't been in one headline he's just, especially being on the Lakers uh, that's pretty surprising um he just doesn't hasn't fit in the system hasn't really hit his three, so I think you could definitely move him. Um, but it'd be interesting to see for what, because he doesn't make that much money, so that's the problem. Yeah, he doesn't make a lot of money. It's, I saw somebody put out the idea of him plus like Boogie to get oh. something because Boogie makes a little bit more money, so now you're getting into like a range where you could actually get a, a decent player. Covington? Yeah, well, I don't even know if that would work. Like Covington and Boogie for... Uh, not uh, Boogie and Kuzma for Covington. I don't even know if that would be enough money to to make it work. But I mean, I would like to see the Lakers make another move. Just they kind of need one more wing creator because they don't really have too much besides LeBron. He's mostly the creator that they have on their team from the wing. Everyone else is sort of like defensive guys or or spot up shooters. So I think they they could have one move in them. I just don't really know what it is at this point. And, um, yeah, I mean, so I don't, I don't see much, too much changing in terms of the contenders in the West. Do you want to? Um, I think the KG LeBron stuff mm-hmm. from Bill Simmons podcast. You want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah, I think it was pretty. So I don't. I mean, it was honestly, it was probably the first time that I remember something from Bill's podcast actually getting like traction on Twitter. Like I don't. It's. It, I, I can't even remember something else that he did on his podcast where people actually reacted to like that. But basically, if nobody saw it, KG. I guess the main thing that got people's attention was KG saying he said a lot of stuff. He said that a lot of headlines. A lot of headlines. He said that um, he the Celtics broke LeBron, and then that's why he went to the Heat. So that was one claim that he made. Another claim that he made was in 2012, like LeBron's famous Game Six game in Boston, Heat down three two. Second year of LeBron in Miami. They didn't win the first year. Backs against the wall. If they lose two years in a row, maybe they fire Spolstra. Maybe they trade Bosch. And obviously the Heat ended up winning, winning the championship. KG said that the reason why the Celtics lost was because they weren't in the NBA's agenda. Yeah. The, the, the NBA had a <laughs> Miami agenda. And I'm thinking like, dude, I don't... He must honestly really believe that. Like that is in his head... They didn't lose because LeBron scored 30 points in the first half and basically made 19 jumpers and was dunking and grabbing every rebound. They, 
it would be one thing if he had a game where he shot like 25 free throws or something. He just made every jump shot. So that was dumb. It's just he. That that, was, in my opinion, that's prime LeBron James. When he's 275 pounds, just posting up. He's like a shooting power 40% forward. from threes. Yeah, like, high 70s from the free throw line, yeah, too. Obviously, he's an amazing passer. Like, that LeBron, I'll take over anybody. I agree. I that think you, Miami LeBron was the best huge. LeBron. He's just a monster. Yeah. Just I, a monster. And you could just, he'd do everything, guard anyone, just do it unguardable. He's a point guard. He's a power forward. Dunk he's, on you. Dunking so on you, strong. he's blocking shots. At the, remember, he blocked Thiago's splitter in the finals. <laughs> he, Jumping, so, didn't he? He like d- the dunk on Jason Terry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, he just crushed him. So oh I think God. the main point is that that Celtics and everyone on Twitter. I was surprised because it's not like LeBron's like uh, the most. It's not like everyone loves LeBron on, on Twitter or just in general. Most things that I saw in response to this were basically just trashing the Celtics. That whole that Rondo, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, KG like Celtics era. They carry themselves like they basically were this dynasty. They won one time. They won one ring. Um, I think so. They made it to the finals twice. Won one, lost one to the to the Lakers. They do split it, and they talk and act like they're this dynasty. And I think they're just bitter, basically, that they didn't win more. Yeah. Is the point? They they talk about like they they're they're this dynasty. They lost once LeBron went to the Heat. They were irrelevant. <laughs> the only reason what bothers me as someone who was a Heat fan at the time. Everyone brings up that series in 2012. It's like the Celtics almost got the heat, man. That old Celtics team, they proved that they were tough and they couldn't be knocked out. And they almost, even though the heat were this amazing super team, the Celtics almost beat them. Nobody remembers. Bosch missed game one of that series. He missed game two also. Oh, by the way, he missed game three. He also missed game four and he played like 15 minutes in game five. So everyone's like, oh man, the Celtics were up 3-2 in that series because... The, the Heat's arguably their second best player at that time. You know, he I was watching those games. Dwayne Wade's my favorite player ever. But Bosch was, like, just as valuable as Wade at that time, second year in Miami. That's why it was 3-2. Everyone, LeBron was playing amazing. Wade was playing fine. It's just they weren't a deep team to begin with. And Bosch was out. It, people just act like, oh, LeBron was collapsing again. And the Heat just couldn't take the Celtics. It's like, no. Imagine in that series how quickly it would have been over if, let's say— um, Pierce was, let's say he was the second or third best player on the Celtics at the time. If Pierce missed the first five games of the series, he would have missed the whole series because that would have been the end of the series. So mm-hmm. it's just something I go back to. I'm like People act like the Celtics had him on the ropes, and they did because Bosch was hurt. Anyway, it's just, they. I think they're just, and that's why they hate Ray Allen so much. You know those that like squad, that those guys, the Celtics, like they have this whole grudge against yeah, Ray yeah. Allen because he went to Miami. It's like, dude, get over it. They talk like they were in LeBron's head. Like, when does LeBron ever talk about KG? When does LeBron ever talk about Paul Pierce? When does LeBron ever talk about a right Rage on Ronda? They're on the same team now, but it's like never, never, <laughs> never. It's like they every year it seems like it, there's some reunion for this for this Celtics team. Like they're the Dolphins, uh, Miami Dolphins team that went undefeated. Who every year like they pop champagne and get together. Like we're the fu- only undefeated NFL team. That's basically what the Celtics do. But like, hey, let's celebrate that championship that we won ten years ago. And and Paul Pierce will say like, oh, I'm better than Dwayne Wade. Remember he said that he said. Uh-huh. And Pierce said that he was better than Dwayne Wade, which was obviously ridiculous. He got clowned for that. I remember he was, was that when he was, 
No, it's on NBA TV. He was he was yeah. like on ESPN or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just remember I was thinking, was he still playing? Because I remember no, 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 the no. crowd. It was after the Heat were playing the Nets, right? In Dwayne Wade's last season, and the crowd was saying like Dwayne Wade was playing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. D Wade was still playing. It was his final season in the NBA, and I think he was playing at Barclays, where mm-hmm. obviously Pierce used to play for the Nets, yeah, yeah. and the Nets crowd <laughs> yeah. was chanting like "fuck." Paul oh, Pierce, or I hate they, Paul Pierce. Yeah, so he, Pierce. him saying that he was better that he had a better career than D Wade, wrong. KG saying that like we broke LeBron, wrong. The only reason everyone has this idea of the Celtics against LeBron is it, it like oh LeBron couldn't get over the hump of the Celtics, that's why he went to the Heat and he needed to team up this super team to be his best teammates when he was on the Cavs were like uh, Mo Williams, Booby Gibson. Zajunas Ogalskis, Anderson Varejao, Antoine Jameson, uh, J.J. Hickson, Larry Hughes, Larry Hughes, Delonte West. And it's like, wow, the Celtics are so amazing that with like, what, three Hall of Famers? Ray Allen's guaranteed Hall of Fame, Pierce, KG, guaranteed Hall of Fame. Rondo's probably going to be borderline Hall of Fame. He wins a a championship with uh, LeBron. Yeah, it could be two championships. He might sneak in. Point being, Celtics had four, three or four Hall of Famers, a way better team. All-stars. All-stars. At least, and they were beating LeBron, him and just like a ragtag team of nobodies, and they and everyone thinks like, oh, there was such this big rivalry. LeBron couldn't get over the hump. Give me a break. Look at what happened when LeBron got a decent team around him. They just slaughtered the Celtics every time. It was, and you know, it's just a joke. It was just a funny moment, and it's like it sort of led you into the mind because you you'll hear like casual NBA fans talk about like the NBA's rigged. And blah, 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 stuff like that. But to hear uh, Kevin Garnett, a Hall of Fame player, one of the best players ever, say that like the only reason that the Heat beat the Celtics is because there was an NBA agenda for the Heat, it was just ridiculous. But it's funny to get into the mind of like an athlete. Some of them do like have these crazy beliefs about the league. I guess it's no different than like average fans who think stuff like that. So I just thought it was a funny moment. You know, obviously everyone got a kick out of it, just trashing the Celtics. But point being is that that era of the Celtics just has such a, a bigger perception of what they meant and who mm-hmm. they were than they actually did. Their accomplishments don't match up to how they talk about themselves, basically. If the Celtics were as good as they say they are, were, then they wouldn't need the, you know, NBA trying to bet against them to win. Like, they would just take care of them. Yeah, no they would have just won. Like they're as good as they make it seem like. They won but, one time. They won one time. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, cool. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone doesn't really like the Celtics. Um, uh, I mean, not so much. Yeah, I mean, the Celtics just aren't really... I think their fans are just racist. and. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the whole uh, Boston. People, I mean, because they, they've been winning so many championships, I just think we get more exposure to, like, Boston fans. Every fan base, to a certain degree, is going to be obnoxious and stuff like that. It's just people, when it's always, like, the Patriots winning and the Red yeah, Sox yeah, yeah. winning a bunch, it's just... It gets a little bit old after a while, so it's, it's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's all we have for uh, this podcast, so we're just going to wrap it up. Episode two. Episode two. People forget that. You know, I think that's all we got, so we will see you next week. Peace.